Welcome to Team Building Cultures, the podcast designed to deliver tools and tips for improving team communication, collaboration, and fostering a culture where teams thrive. Now, here's your host, Beverly Hathorne, owner of Strategic HR Consultants. Hello, all, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Team Building Cultures. Today, I'm really excited to speak with Miss Amy Terry. Amy is a real estate professional, and she's going to talk to us today about how to build a successful and collaborative sales team. Amy began her career in real estate at just the age of 16. That's absolutely incredible. Rising up from answering the phones to a top producing agent, and she's now a partner and managing broker for one of the most successful real estate firms in Colorado. That is fabulous. She has bought, sold, rented, flipped, developed, and owned all sorts of property. She's continuing to grow a portfolio of real estate, providing her financial freedom beyond her successful career. Amy is passionate about helping people build long-term wealth through real estate and leading her brokerage with authenticity and vulnerability. All right, so Amy's just an open person. She's going to talk to us today about uh, building a collaborative sales team. So thank you so much for joining me, Amy. I really appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Yeah, so, you know, of course, my first question, which is probably the first question of many, is how did you start in real estate at the tender age of 16? I know what I was doing at 16, and it was not real estate. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it was sort of an accident. My uh, best friend's mom growing up was a real estate agent. And so uh, she got us an after school job uh, answering phones and scheduling showings. So we worked after school and then on the weekends uh, and just sort of kind of learning the ropes and how things rolled in the industry. Awesome. Well, I bet that friend's mom is really proud of you. It's just so wonderful when people step in. You never know what impact you can have in a child's life when you, you know, and look at you now. Yeah. I mean, hundred percent at 16, I had no desire to go into real estate. I didn't, you know, wasn't, I wasn't as purposeful as I could have been as far as knowing what direction I was going. But looking back, I think it was the only path for me, the way things sort of fell into place, right place, right time, right people. Uh, so I feel really fortunate. Awesome. That is great. So let's, let's just talk about your culture because it seems like you, um, you know, are very experienced in uh, team building. And so let's talk about, you know, a few key components of your company culture. Sure. So I think the the biggest thing that is unique, at least in our industry, is the culture of collaboration and the culture of abundance. You know, when you're in a 100% commission industry where, you know, you eat what you kill, not everyone's always willing to help. Uh, and I think that that mentality comes from the top down. And we really, I'm really fortunate and grateful that in our company and on my team, we have this idea that, you know, success for you is success for me. So everyone's really willing to work together. Every sign in the yard is good for all of us. Uh, and it's really cool because everybody has different strengths and different passions and we're able to work together and help each other uh, and serve our clients the best way possible. Uh, so that's that's something that's really unique and coming from the very first brokerage I started at where it was very cutthroat and 
nobody was willing to help me as a brand new agent. And I mean, there was literally screaming matches in the conference room over listings. And um, so to be able to start from scratch and build my own culture and a whole different mentality is, is something I'm really grateful for and excited about. Well, yeah, that's awesome, Amy. And I particularly like where you mentioned um, you, at one point you were in a culture that was kind of doggy dog and no one was willing to help uh, the others and the peers didn't work together. And so that sounds like a very toxic culture, but now you're in a culture where there is collaboration and abundance. And the bottom line is everybody wins. The agent wins, the clients win. It's a great thing for everybody. And as you mentioned, Culture does start at the top, you know, leadership establishes culture, you know, we're all pretty clear on that. So tell me about um, how do you combat the, like the noise? How do you, you know, how do you, do you get into a silo to work and, you know, kind of woosah everything around you and, you know, get it done? How do you, how do you go about that? Yeah. So meditation is a, is a big part of my world and my day. Uh, so I do start every day with meditation, sort of grounding, setting my intentions for the day. Um, obviously you're still going to get thrown off here and there. Um, I think also a huge piece is, you know, when I was in my early twenties, I worked for the police department as a victim's advocate. And so, you know, we're working with people on the worst days of their life and it helped me develop a really good sense of perspective of, you know, what is truly an emergency, what is truly worth ruining your day over and, and what's not. Uh, and, you know, working with my agents, I always call it the five-year rule. So I'm like, if you're, are you going to remember this in five years? And if the answer is no, then let's not spend five more minutes, you know, stressed about it. So that's helpful just to have perspective of what's really important. And I think I really strive to treat all of my agents as a whole human. And my goal is to help them succeed, whether that's with our organization or outside of our organization. Um, so, you know, I work with them. I don't super dig into their personal lives, but that is a part of who they are. So when we're goal setting, we're not only setting sales goals, we're setting personal goals uh, and, and being involved in, in what's going on. So, yeah, I think meditation being grounded and centered and also just having a really clear perspective of what's really important and, you know, that people are the most important part and, and the business kind of comes second. Oh, yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, I totally agree. We have to determine what is really critical because you can't fight every battle that comes down the pike, you know, you have to be able to pick and choose what should get your energy. If you don't, you'll be completely exhausted in little or no time. And I particularly myself apply the five-year rule. If it's not something that's going to have impact or I'm going to remember in five years, it's probably not something I need to spend a whole lot of time or I need to prioritize. So, yeah. And, you know, uh, when you speak about building relationships, not that you pry into your agent's uh, personal lives, but you do uh, build a relationship. And that I think that helps you lead better when you understand um, people's perspectives and their priorities and, you know, where they're coming from, so to speak. I, I think that helps you, um, that helps us as leaders become better leaders. So um, in a sales position, uh, I've, I've tried it once or twice, was not successful because it's not for everybody. <laughs> yeah. So 
what helps you build confidence in a sales position? I mean, you know, you don't look like you're made of armor and steel, but you know, <laughs> in sales, you gotta be tough. It's not for the, you know, it's not no. for the softies of the world. So what helps yeah. you build confidence in that arena? Well, some of it just takes time. I mean, I'll be honest, my first two years in real estate, I cried a lot. <laughs> you take everything personal. There's a lot of rejection. Uh, so some of it is just, you know, kind of getting thicker skin, but it's also, I think I really realized 99% of the time people's decisions really don't have anything to do with me. So it's, you know, doing the best job that you can do, providing the most value. Uh, and if someone chooses to work with you, great. And if they don't, you know, that's okay. And know that, you know, sometimes you get feedback on why they're not working with you and that's helpful. And sometimes you don't. Um, and then the other piece is, um, you know, focus on providing value and focus on what you can control and, and trust that the results will come. So you can't get super focused on the outcome of, especially in real estate, there's so many ifs and so many things that a deal can fall through or people change their minds or whatever. So focusing on what you can control, know that you're doing a good job and a huge shift for me, you know, honestly, when I first got into real estate, I felt really uncomfortable being a salesperson. Uh, you know, a lot of people view us not in the best light. Uh, and so for me, when I shifted my mindset that I'm a really a consultant, I'm not selling people anything. I'm helping them through a process that changed a lot. I was really then felt proud of what I was doing. And I realized that my clients are lucky to have me because I truly am looking out for their best interest. And, you know, energetically that shift really changed the clients that I was attracting. Uh, you know, I feel fortunate that I, for the most part, get to work with really grateful clients there. It's a good collaboration. They're happy to have me. Um, but it does start with your own mindset. Are you proud of what you're doing? Do you feel like you are the best person for that job? Are your clients fortunate to have you? And once you really believe that, and if you don't believe that, then what do you need to do to get to that place? Um, everything will kind of fall into place. I think once you get there. I really like that, that you, um, um, position yourself, as a consultant and not as a uh, salesperson, um, that does have a certain connotation to it. You're correct. Um, I recently, well, a while ago, I purchased a vehicle and I, I was involved with a couple of uh, salespeople, um, automobile salespeople. And one of them, um, as you say, positioned herself as a consultant. You know, when we would speak, which was often, cause I couldn't make up my mind what I wanted to do, but <laughs> when, when we would speak, she would, we would, she would end every conversation with, well, just give me a call and let me know. You know, there was no um, pressure, you know, and talking to her was like, you know, I was thinking about this, but does the car have this, you know, and she would, well, no, it doesn't really have that, but you know what, you can do this, you know, and I said, well, let me think about it. Okay, just give me a call, let me know. There was another salesperson that I was dealing with who just was very uh, aggressive and um, wanted me to purchase the vehicle, not only purchase the vehicle, but purchase the vehicle now, you know, and I kept saying, yeah, not 
quite sure this is what I want, you know, and he was really aggressive. And um, needless to say, he lost the sale and, and the consultant who I didn't realize that's what she was at the time. The consultant got the sale just because of the relationship that we built and the way she positioned herself, you know, so I can definitely um, be in, a, I'm in alignment with what you just said about that. So that's great that you not aggressive and you are more of a consultant and I'm just here to help you manage. Well, yeah. that's, I think your intention is so important and that comes across like in those two examples, I'm sure the first person, her intention was to help you get into a car, regardless if it was one of hers or not. The other person's intention was to sell a vehicle. So that's, you know, like with my agents, a lot of the coaching is what is your intention? Is your intention truly to help people and provide value or is it to get a commission check? Because people can feel that. And I just don't, I mean, for me personally, I'm not super driven by that. So it's not a very fun way to operate all day. You know, yeah. helping people to me is much more fun. And yes, the result of that is you do get paid at the end of the day. Um, but I, I think your intention is you need to be clear on your intention and and then that, you know, people feel exactly what that is. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and you're right. I can, we can tell if you're just trying to make a sale. So we, we understand how important a sale may be to you, but, you know, as a consumer, we can definitely, um, we can definitely tell. So, so what would you say keeps your employees and your, or your agents loyal to your company? I mean, I, 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 I can sense it already, but what do you, what would you say? Yeah, I think, you know, like we sort of touched on a lot comes from the top down. Uh, I think the leadership in our company has a lot of integrity, which is super important to me and, and vulnerability. And, and I've learned that the more I'm vulnerable and honest with my team, the more it gives space for them to do the same. I think with my team specifically, we are kind of a big extended family uh, and something small, at least I thought was small in the beginning. I, you know, I start our meetings with, you know, little team building questions and it's amazing the things that come out and the connections that people make. And uh, I think that's when things get tough, keeps people there, the true relationships, the true support, we also all rally around each other, you know, when someone's got a medical issue going on or even a vacation or a tough deal, there's a strong support system there and everybody genuinely cares. Uh, and we also genuinely enjoy hanging out with each other, which is, is a bonus. I don't think that's always, you know, you have to be best friends with your coworkers. Um, and I think too, we really, you know, going back to the intention piece, part of our core values is clients first. It's always anytime you're questioning what direction do I go? Well, what's best for your client? So I think we attract people that are in the business for the right reasons. Uh, and that feels good to them. You know, yes, we have sales goals, but that's not the number one priority. The number one priority is serving our clients. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think having alignment and what your values are, your goals are. Uh, and like I said, treating our agents as whole humans, you know, and understanding when, you know, things go on. I think about when I first switched brokerages, I had gone through a, a significant breakup and was sad and not really working. And, uh, you know, our CEO called me and it wasn't a conversation of, you know, your sales are way down. He called me and said, I want to see if you're okay, because I noticed you're not doing anything. <laughs> and it wasn't, you know, he wasn't worried about the sales. He was worried about me as a person. Uh, and, you know, I learned from his leadership and, 
and do the same thing. So, and that's what we, you know, all things when, when people's sales are down, it's, there's usually something going on. So let's talk about that, not start hammering on them to produce. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, that again, goes back to the relationship building and um, the value that you place on your employees, because sometimes uh, I've seen situations where salespeople are only uh, unfortunately as valuable as last month's numbers, you know, so mm-hmm. um, it, it's wonderful to hear that your organization focuses more on the value that the people bring, as opposed to the metrics and the objectives that, you know, whether you're attaining them or not. That's really great. So how do you, it sounds like you have a wonderful culture, and um, that you've um, fostered and nurtured and built. So I would wonder if on occasion, somebody kind of tiptoes in there that's not of that um, nature or not familiar with that sort of culture. How do you protect your culture and keep it, you know, just like you got it? Yeah. So I'm probably a little overprotective. (laughs) Um, I think we could grow a little bit more than we have, but yeah, I try to, you know, I try to have several conversations with somebody, interact with them in in different scenarios uh, before making them an offer to join the team. Something as simple as going to get lunch or coffee. How do they interact with the wait staff? Um, do they follow up on things? Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, depending on, we've had people join and if the infraction is big enough, they're just gone quickly. Uh, and we kind of, we always say, if we find out you're representing the deal and not the client, that's a no question. You're gone. Um, and then sometimes it's a conversation of, because it is foreign to, it's very different from a lot of brokerages. So for some people it is uncomfortable. Uh, and so we just have a conversation of, you know, here's our values and can you get in line with those? And a lot of times people also will self-select. I think you kind of people feel like, is this my tribe or is this not? Um, And they'll self-select. So, you know, I think the biggest thing is be, which has taken me time is be fairly quick to be open to hiring, but quick to firing. Um, You know, so, cause the hard thing is some, sometimes people interview fantastic and then they're totally different. And some people interview horrible and then they super surprise me and are a great asset to the team. So that's one thing I'm trying to move the needle on being more open and, and bringing people in. But when it's a clear fit or clear that it's not a good fit, you know, and, and my, my uh, mentor told me years ago, cause I had a really hard time letting people go. He said, you're not doing that person any favors, keeping them in the wrong spot. So yeah. that helped me to have a clear conversation of like, look, this isn't a fit. I don't think you're happy. We're not happy. And sometimes my team has to hold me accountable and and they'll speak up if they feel like, Hey, this person is toxic. They're not a good fit. Um, and I appreciate that they feel comfortable enough to do that. Um, and that they have pride in the team and the team culture and that they want to maintain that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate that your team feels comfortable coming to you because, um, the culture that you've established, uh, allows that conversation, um, they feel safe enough to come to you and talk to you about it because your culture is very important. Your culture is what drives your your real your organization. Your culture is really one of um, inclusivity and um, psychological safety, and you know everybody's working together great. Your focus is the client, not the numbers. 
and you build relationships. So it's a culture where people can grow and develop. And we don't want anything to interrupt that. And if someone comes along who's not of that mindset or not, um, you know, um, interested in adding to that culture, then it's good that you can, you know, help them move on, help them move on down the path to something that may be better for them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really great. So let's talk really briefly about the importance of team dynamics. So how do you get, you know, we we have all these different people on the team and um, their priorities will differ because they're different people. You know, Mm -hmm. how they communicate is going to be different. Like, you know, Amy might like to get things at a, a high level. Just give me the top stuff where Bev likes to get all the details. I need all the numbers. I need everything lined up. You know, how do you, you know, arrange that team dynamic so that it continues to work? Well, the nice thing is, is in real estate, everyone truly is running their own businesses. Uh, So in that sense, they have some control over how they do things personally. But what is great is we do have so many different personalities on the team. And that's actually really helpful with clients because I'm more of an emotional gut feeling kind of do things on a whim type of person. And then we have really analytical people on the team that love spreadsheets and numbers. And, and so when you get a client that's opposite of you, you know, in our industry, you have to kind of be a chameleon. Um, But it is really great to rely on each other of, you know, Hey, can you help me with the spreadsheet or make sense? You know, I have a hard time. I work with a lot of engineers. There's a lot of, there's a big engineering firm near us. And, uh, the way their brain operates is very different from mine. Um, But same thing, you know, when some of my analytical agents are struggling with someone, I I can say, well, here's some pointed questions to help this gut feeling person come to a conclusion. Uh, So yeah, I think giving the freedom and space for everybody to, to flourish in their own strengths. And it's so wonderful that everybody's willing to share their strengths. And, and the other thing that I'm really grateful for is we've got, a wide range of experience. You know, I have agents that have been with me 10 plus years and I've got guys that just got their license a few months ago and the experienced ones are now really excited about helping them grow and mentor. So not only does it take some off my plate, but it's cool to see these relationships flourish. And then these people get to grow as leaders and mentors helping the new people. So yeah, I think it's just really identifying everybody's strengths and then also really being open to feedback. You know, I do quarterly reviews one-on-one and, and I always ask, you know, what's my greatest strength as your managing broker and what's my greatest weakness. And it's helped me, some are more (laughs) open and honest than others. Um, But it's helped me have awareness of you know, one of the best feedback I ever got from one of my agents is uh, he said, you know, it's great. You never get your feathers ruffled and you can handle things, but sometimes it feels dismissive when we call you panicked and you're like, oh, that's no big deal. So that was good awareness for me of like, sit with them for a minute, recognize how they're feeling, that it is a big deal to them and then help them solve the problem. So just being also open to feedback and growing as a leader, I think is super important. Oh yeah, definitely being open open to feedback because you may view yourself one way, but you're actually coming off across another way. And it doesn't really help your team if you view yourself as you know one type of leader, 
but that's not what they're picking up. So, you know, that, that doesn't really help your team grow. And I like that you talk about things like collaboration and communication and, you know, let's all go together, you know, as opposed to, hey, I'm the leader and we're going to do it this way. And, and that's just that. So I can see where your team, you, you would be very successful at, at what you're doing because, you know, the old adage, if you want to go fast, um, go alone. But if you want to go far, go with the team. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I think you're doing a great job, Amy. I'm, I'm really um, happy to see uh, that such a culture exists, you know, <laughs> and because it's a dream of mine. I've, I've, I've experienced it a couple of times, but I'm just really happy to see that you've got such a collaborative and communicative um, culture and they've got such a great leader. So thank you so much for joining us today. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add? I don't, I think the one thing that came up when we were just talking, I think is also very important is particularly in sales, our team sets goals as a team and we do that together. So we do, you know, a half day, the end of the year, setting goals for the next year. And, you know, as a leader, sometimes you have to kind of lay down the hammer, but I like to get everybody's input in what is our goal for this year as a team? What do we want to focus on as a team? And I think people are willing to work harder when they're working towards a team goal versus an individual. Uh, and I always kind of joke with them, this is a democracy until we nail these down and then it becomes a dictatorship. Like we're going to stick to these, these goals that we set together. But I think having, even in an industry where they're independent contractors and they're running their own businesses, having a team goal and community goal is super, super important. Yeah, yeah, because then, you know, we're, we're all pieces to the same puzzle, even though we're individual pieces, and, you know, you get that connectivity, you know, that, yeah, that's, that's really awesome. Well, thanks again, Amy, for joining us today. If our listeners want to uh, chat with you or learn more about you or come work for you, yes, you yes. know, how would they, how would they um, reach out to you? How would they get in touch with you? Yeah. So our brokerage is 8Z, uh, the number eight and the letter Z is in zebra. So it's all the zip codes in Colorado uh, start with the number eight. So if you want to find out more information about being an agent, you can just go to 8Z.com. Um, we have a lot of information there. You can also reach out to me directly, just old school. Uh, my email is amyterry at 8Z.com. And if you want to learn more about me, my Instagram has all kinds of information and a link tree. And that's amyterry8z realtor. Awesome. And I'll be sure to put all of that in our um, marketing materials when we air this show. Yeah. So thanks again, Amy. Really appreciate your time. Really appreciate you being here and all the information that you've given us about building successful and collaborative teams. We learned a great deal today. Good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Team Building Cultures. We hope we have delivered helpful and enlightening information to help you create your dream team. Join us next time.